Africa, home to the most unique people in the world. A place that connects us through our customs, traditions, and even belief itself. Join Mukundi Mudao in Tribal Pursuit, a series that ventures deep into Africa to discover the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. Join the conversation every Wednesday at 10 a.m. right here on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Hi FM, this is Travel Pursuit and I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao, top of the morning. It's a beautiful Wednesday morning here in Johannesburg and it's four, the 14th of September. Time is 6 minutes past 10 and I hope you're enjoying yourself. If you don't know, it's time for Travel Pursuit, the show where we go deep into Africa and rediscover different Jewish communities, interact with them and shed some light, well, on the community because you probably didn't even know that they existed. I will be with you for the next 55, 53 minutes, if my mathematics is correct. I hope you enjoy yourself. We got great, we got a great conversation. We are going to Madagascar today. Uh-huh. Not the animated movie. I like to move it, move it. You like to move it, move it. <laughs> no, we're going to the uh, island country of Madagascar, and we're going to be talking to the Madagascar Jewish community or the Malaskan. Malagan Jewish community and I hope you're going to enjoy that about obviously that is in the later half of the show so do stay tuned for that in the meantime I do have some great stories from all across the continent of Africa I have something to tell you about animals because your friend Mukundi does love animals and of course it wouldn't be trouble pursuit without some great music thank you for tuning in I hope you are enjoying yourself and enjoy your Wednesday morning as well this is Tribal Pursuit with Mukundi Mudao, venturing deep into Africa to discover the who, how, and why of the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. 101.9 High FM, this is Tribal Pursuit and I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao, top of the morning. I have a smile on my face because I'm very excited and we're talking about Madagascar. I don't know why, but I never, growing up, I never thought Madagascar was a part of Africa. You know, I thought... I didn't even know it was an actual place. I just thought it was the cartoons, the films, you know, and I loved it. Alex the Lion, uh, Melman the Giraffe, and all that, but those, that's weird, kids. Anyway, we are going to be talking to the Madagascan Jewish community today, and it's going to be very fun. I always wanted to know what other Jewish people do, and, well, that is the whole point of the show, isn't it? So we're going to be talking to them a little later on. Do stay tuned for that. I just wanted you to know who we're talking to. But before we get there, of course, you know how we do it. Every Wednesday around this time, Travel Pursuit, and I tell you what's happening in Africa. This is why I ask you to forget that you're Jewish for a couple minutes and let me give you some information. Some crazy stories, some cool stories, funny stories, weird stories, current affairs, everything and anything that I think you would like to know. Let us start with Uganda. Remember last week I came in and I said that Uganda has a ban on a festival and it's called the Nyege Nyege Festival. And, excuse me, and it's just banned because they believe it promotes immorality and homosexuality and all the bad stuff in the world. Basically, they said this, this one festival, this one festival is responsible for all the bad and immoral stuff in the country. And I don't understand why. I don't understand why. Because bad stuff and immoral actions are going to happen regardless, you know? Why would you want to cancel a whole festival that will boost the community in more ways, well, the economy, in more ways than one? And you're just going to use that as your your reason. Well, I'll, I'll I'll be very happy to tell you that they have lifted 
the ban on quote-unquote immoral music festival. Mm-hmm. Uganda said on Monday it would allow a popular music festival to go ahead this month, reversing a ban imposed over claims the event promoted sex, homosexuality, and drug use. The four-day Nyege Nyege festival brings together artists from across Africa to entertain 10,000 revelers on the banks of the Nile. Last week, Uganda's parliament banned the event for the second time since 2018, saying it promotes a lot of immorality. The move prompted an outcry with Uganda's tourism minister among those warning it would have a harmful impact on the economy. That's what I was saying. Me and the minister get along then, as the tourism industry recovers from the COVID-19 pandemic. On Monday, Information Minister Chris Chris Barriomunsi Hey, we doing good with these words. Chris Barriomunsi said the September 15th and 18th festival could go ahead, but would be ordered shut if there were breaches of Uganda's laws or its culture and norms. The clearance of the festival was after taking note of the benefits that will accrue from the festival presenting Uganda as a tourism destination of choice. That is what he told AFP. He said that under guidelines distributed to organizers, minors will not be allowed to attend. Well, I thought that was given, but good job. I'm glad you finally figured that one out. And that's... Wow. Okay. Can I say this? I don't know if I can say this. Can I say this on radio? I don't think I can say this on radio. Moving on... He said contraband, narcotic drugs, vulgar language, songs, expressions, and gestures are all prohibited. The minister said that warning that there were serious breaches to the police. If there were serious breaches to any of these, the police would halt the event and clear the site. So that's it. Contraband, narcotic drugs, vulgar language, songs, expressions, and gestures. Wait, wait. Here's what I want to understand. Is it vulgar language, song, vulgar language in songs or just songs in general? Because I don't know if my if I'm disappointing my English teacher right now. It says contraband, comma, narcotic drugs, comma, vulgar language, comma, songs, comma, expressions and gestures are prohibited. Does that mean songs are banned at the music festival? Hmm. Food for thought. Anyway, do get in touch with your friend and let me know what you think. 34519 is the SMS line. 0618951019 is the Telegram line. If you want to email me what you think, you can do so on air at highfm.com. And if you want to tweet me, feel free to do so too. You can just at highfm. I'll get to your message. Say hi to your friend Mukundi. Say hi to Craig the man in studio. Craig, you good? Craig is good. He gave me a thumbs up. Not a man of many words. I'm never alone in studio. He presses all the buttons and I do the talking. So... The festival is back on, but they have put some serious restrictions on it. I will be giving you an update after the if after the festival, which will be this weekend from the 15th to the 18th of September. I'm very interested in knowing how it's all going to go down because you can't expect... I really want to know this music part of it all. I understand that you can't have contraband there. Yes. Narcotic drugs, not even a question. Vulgar language, you have a bunch of kids in an area, you, you're going to get vulgar language, whether you like it or not. So what, does that mean as soon as you cuss, you're out? I wonder, I wonder. Songs and expressions and gestures, okay. So I really just want to know, but I figured I should tell you all about it. Moving on to Kenya. I gave you an update on the Kenyan elections a few weeks ago. I told you that William Ruto was well, then president-elect, and his opponent was actually opposing him. Well, well, <laughs> opponent was opposing him. But anyway, he has officially been sworn in. Congratulations to William Ruto. He is officially... 
Kenya's president. He won the election on the 9th of August and he has been sworn in. He beat his opposition, Raila Odinga. Obviously, Odinga saying that the vote was fixed and something is wrong there. Something's wrong, dude. Do check those ballots, huh? Well, they did check the balance and William Ruto is the clear winner. He had been the deputy to outgoing president Uhuru Kenyatta, but had a bitter split with Kenyatta that left the two not speaking for months at a time. On Tuesday, the audience cheered as the two of them shook hands. Ooh, in public. Scores of people were crushed and injured, unfortunately, as Kenyans on Tuesday forced their way into the, into the stadium where William Ruto was being inaugurated as president. That's, un, that's unfortunate. I always find it unfortunate that there's always some weird case of death in large crowds, you know, and it's usually from stampedes, which, man, slow down, you know? But I understand. No, I don't understand. Our life is lost, but you get what I'm saying. A medic said a fence at the Nairobi Stadium fell down after people pushed it and about 60 were injured, though the number may rise. He said we had to treat some people with minor injuries. Most of them were rushed to the main hospital in Nairobi. People tried to dodge baton-wielding security forces, but they failed. People said I was beaten by police after trying to get inside, said one witness. That's his name, Benson Kimotai. I am loving the fact that I can say all these words. Are you proud of me? I'm proud of myself. I'm, I've been struggling with all these words for the past couple of weeks. If you've been listening, you would know. But yes, congratulations to William Ruto. He's taking power in a country heavily burdened by debt that will challenge his efforts to fulfill sweeping campaign promises made to Kenya's poor. Promises that have been made in the past, unfortunately. Ruto has been the deputy president, but they had a bit of split. With the transition, Kenya's presidency moves from one leader indicted by the International Criminal Court to another. Both Kenyatta and Ruto were indicted over their roles in a deadly 2007 post-election violence, but the cases were later dropped amid, allega amid allegations of witness intimidation. Ooh. The August election was peaceful in a country with a history of political violence. Chaos erupted only in the final minutes when the Electoral Commission publicly split and prominent Odinga supporters tried to physically stop the declaration of Ruto as the winner. Ruto's campaign had portrayed him as a hustler with a humble background of being barefoot and selling chickens by the roadside, a counterpoint to the political dynasties represented by the Kenyatta and Odinga. But Ruto received powerful political mentoring as a young man from former President Daniel Arab Moy, who oversaw a one-party state for years before Kenya successfully pushed for multi-party elections. Ruto now speaks of democracy and has vowed there will be no retaliation against dissenting voices. The losing candidate, Odinga, Rail Odinga, oh, shame, man, is setting himself up to be a prominent one in a statement on Monday, he said he would skip the, inaugura the inauguration and later will announce next steps as we seek to deepen and strengthen our democracy. Though Odinga also asserted that the outcome of the election remains in in indeterminate, a spokesperson told the Associated Press it was highly unlikely he would seek to declare himself as the people's president as he did after losing the 2017 election. Huh. Congratulations, William Ruto. Sorry, Rilo Dinga, try again in four or five years, and you never know, you may win. 1021 is the time, 101.9, high FM, Trouble Pursuit of the Name of the Show, and I'm your dear friend, Mokundi Mudao. Before we move on, I have the animals to talk about. Yes, didn't think you'd get off that easily, did you? No, 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 I'll always tell you about animals, my good friend. We are doing some good as South Africa. I am very proud of us. I am very proud of us as South Africans. We are sending cheetahs to India and Mozambique. So if you don't know where your boyfriend or your husband is, go look over there. You might find them there. But we are sending cheetahs to South Africa and Mozambique to help boost the population. We are flying cheetahs, four cheetahs to Mozambique and 12 to India. That will be flown in October. Since our cheetah population is growing at a rate of 8%, that's annually now, and 
it's to boost the population over there. Uh, four cheetahs captured at reserves in South Africa have been flown to Mozambique this week after being held in quarantine for about a month and cleared for travel. Conservationists are preparing to fly 12 more cheetahs reputed to be the world's fastest land, mam land mammals. Ooh, there we go. To India in October. It's a very stressful process for the cats to be in a boma environment because they have nowhere to go whilst they are darting them, said Frazier, who is the leader and the wildlife veterinarian, Andy Frazier. He's shooting the cats with darts to tranquilize them. It's a lot easier to move cheetahs, I would assume. Remember when they were moving elephants? That was a heavy task. <laughs> Pun intended. That was a heavy task. So I bet it's a lot easier to move cheetahs because just, boom, tranquilize the gun, pick him up, put him in the back of the truck, and he's gone. Don't need a helicopter and a crane and all that. But I am glad that we are growing and there's no poaching happening. I know that cheetahs are actually abundant in South Africa, which is really beautiful. And our population rate is growing. Well, their population rate is growing 8% annually. So it's good that we also helping other countries now because that's what we all have to do, right? We have to save our animals. We have to protect our animals. And um, it just brings a smile to my face, man. I, <laughs> I really love it. Okay, that's it. This is Tribal Pursuit with Mukundi Mudao, venturing deep into Africa to discover the who, how, and why of the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. 101.9, hi FM, this is Tribal Pursuit, and I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao. The time is 10.27, and I hope you're enjoying your Wednesday morning. Beautiful. Seemed cloudy when I, walk in, when I walked in studio today. That is, if you're in Johannesburg, if you're in, if you're in another part of the world, I have absolutely no idea what the weather's like so don't depend on me <laughs> it's time for me to bestow some wisdom upon you like a good friend does every wednesday and today's wisdom is wait no today's wisdom that doesn't sound right today's proverb there we go today's african proverb says one who causes others misfortune also teaches them sense i had to think about that for a while i had to process it what does it mean Allow me to read it out to you because Mukundi is not smart enough to deconstruct such a thing. You know, in the journey of life, we meet different kinds of people. Some people come into our lives to take from it, others come to add to it, and some others leave our lives unaffected. My advice has always been that if you cannot add to, the, to anyone you meet, at least don't subtract from the person. The reality, though, is that some people deliberately come to cause pain in our lives. We may not always be able to know such cruel people as they come disguised as good people. But when they show us their real, their real selves over time, we have to learn from the situation and advise ourselves. In fact, we shouldn't even allow them to hurt us before we learn our lesson. When they cause misfortune to others, that they're indirectly teaching us to be sensible. Often the problem is that we do not believe the truth when we're shown it. We believe what we hope to see and hope that people will change when they show no sign of changing. Those who do not learn from the lessons of others will become life lessons for others who want to learn. Life doesn't always give us second chances. Be sensible. And that proverb was from Nigeria. One who causes others misfortune also teaches them sense. Do good, don't do any harm. That's, that's what I believe in, that's what I've always believed in. And it's just something that I believe is very important. You know, especially, not to be that guy, but in Africa, and especially in South Africa, we have the spirit of Ubuntu, which is unity, oneness, you know? You wouldn't want to do harm to anyone you love or anyone in general, so please don't. But if you do see harm being done to somebody, just take that as a lesson, you know? If it's somebody that you know doing harm to others, you might want to, you know, take a look at your social circle again. 101.9, Chai FM, this is Travel Pursuit, the time is... 
10.30 or half past 10 if you want to be official about it. I do hope you're enjoying yourself. I do hope you're enjoying your morning. I'm, I have my coffee with me. Do you have your coffee, your tea, water, your drink, or your breakfast? It's about, it's about breakfast time now, right? Do not go anywhere. We are going to be with the Madagascan Jewish community straight after this. This is Tribal Pursuit with Mukundi Mudao, venturing deep into Africa to discover the who, how, and why of the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. 101.9 High FM, this is Tribal Pursuit, and I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao. We are struggling to get a hold of our guest, and we, we will... Do try. We will try by all means. Do not worry. Fret not. Your friends got this. But in the meantime, while we're still trying to figure out what's wrong with the Gremlins in studio, let me tell you, let me tell you, as Africans, this is something we cannot ignore because we see how big of a problem this is and we get, we're getting solutions, right? Modern problems require modern solutions. This is it. New malaria vaccine comes a step closer as experts say it's the best yet. What? The best yet? The best yet? best of the best. That's right. We are getting a new malaria vaccine. Well, it's still in trial. The co-inventor of a vaccine that could eradicate malaria has said he hopes it could be approved by as early as next year after the latest trial results were successful. Professor Adrian Hill, co-creator of the AstraZeneca COVID vaccine, said it was the best malaria vaccine yet. He has previously said he believes R21 could help reduce deaths from the disease by 70% by 2030 and eradicate it by 2040. Imagine living in a malaria-free world. I remember when we went to the Kruger National Park a couple years ago as a family and it was really scary there as as a hypochondriac myself it, it was very scary knowing that one little bite just one little sting it's over I have malaria and it didn't help well we had malaria we had mosquito nets and mosquito are they called mosquito nets on the windows and doors you know the one that you put and then the mosquito supposedly can't fly in which my theory is they fly in as soon as you walk in. But malaria is a big problem in Africa. And we, we know that it's very, it's very tricky, especially since it's so easily contracted, given that mosquitoes are everywhere. <laughs> but speaking as the success of the R21 vaccine test were revealed, Hill, director of Oxford's, University Gen Gen Oxford University's Jenner Institute, said it would be tragic if Britain cut funding just as scientists were poised to make a real impact against malaria. He has implored the new British Prime Minister Liz Truss not to squander cutting-edge UK innovation by turning off the taps on global health funding. Results from testing in Burkina Faso show that R21, already shown to be 77% effective after the initial doses, maintains its high efficacy. Mm. That's, really, that's the word that I'm going to struggle with today. <laughs> I said, I said all these words. What word did I say when I was talking when I was talking about Uganda? I said Chris Barrio Munsi, but I can't say efficacy. Get your game right, Mukundi. Get your head of the game. Okay, let's do this. Results from testing in Burkina Faso show that R21, already shown to be 77% effective after the initial doses, maintains its high efficacy after a single booster jab. There we go. So this is really, this is really great. I'm, I'm really loving the fact that we are battling malaria. We know how big of a problem it is in Africa. And if this gets approved, this could be a huge, huge deal. Think about it. 2040 is 20 years from now. And in 20 years, we could be living in a malaria-free world. Think about it. Same way smallpox is a thing of the past. Malaria, thing of the past. You see a mosquito, you don't get scared anymore. You just say, ha ha, you can't do anything to me. <laughs> Uh, I need to grow up. 
10.36 is the time on 1.9 High FM. Do get in touch with your friend Mukundi. Let me know what you think of all these conversations and all these topics I've given you. Also, let me know what you think of my music. I feel like you're not appreciating my music. Or are you just dancing too much? <laughs> 34519 is how you SMS me. 0618951019 is how you telegram me. On air at highfm.com is how you email me. And if you want to tweet me, you can just at highfm. This is Tribal Pursuit with Mukundi Mudao. Venturing deep into Africa to discover the who, how, and why of the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. <sighs> Craig, I don't want to say it, man. Say it, but I, I have to say it. Bad news. We are unable to get a hold of our friend of the show today. Mr. Well, I was supposed to talk to Mr. Ashley Daves from Madagascar and his translator, but unfortunately, we seem to be having some technical issues. What can we say? Live radio, right? But do not worry, fret not. I promised you that we'll be talking to the Madagascar Jewish community. Unfortunately, it won't be this week. But next week, like a good friend. Mukundi's got you, swear. <laughs> but let me tell that that's great though. That's great for me because I get to talk some more. And I wanna actually just do a recap now since I still have some time. We've been doing this for just about 14 weeks now. Just wow, time flies. I can't believe we've. I can say we've been doing this for months now. We've been doing Trouble Pursuit for months. I hope you've been enjoying the show all these couple of months. If you have very happy if you haven't and you're still tuned in hmm what does that say (laughs) so we've been speaking to a bunch of different jewish communities small and big for the past 13 weeks and it's been an experience i've talked to the abba yudaya i've talked to the lemba community i've talked to the house of israel i've talked to the beth yosharun wow that's a lot of countries a lot of communities a lot of people a lot of views and from what I've realized, it's that this really open, this really shed light on people and conversations that we're, that we're, that we're supposed to have, you know? Communities that were supposed to be brought into the light. And sure, they were known, and, but they were very, they were relatively unknown and still are. But I'd like to think that we've done some good with this show over the past couple of weeks. And we're still going to continue to do some good. You know, we're still going to talk to more communities, bring light to more people, bring attention, because it also helps boost community morale. You know, you now you know that there's Jewish people in Uganda and that's how they live. Now you know that there's Jewish people in Ghana and that's how they live. Now you know about the Limba community and you know more about them, even if it's a community that you've read about and you've probably wanted to know a lot more. Tribal Pursuit has helped you learn more about, about that certain community and if it has, I'm really thankful for for you. I'm really thankful to you for listening. And you are welcome because class is always in session here every Wednesday, 101.9 High FM. Most of the people I talk to gravitate to Judaism because they notice similarities between Jewish customs and their own tribe's customs and practices. And some of these include dietary laws and everything. You know, some of them, such as they didn't eat pork and they didn't eat fish or seafood that didn't have fish and scales. No, wait, what? No, fin and scales. <laughs> get your get your mind right, Mukundi. Speaking of food, for most of these communities, the smaller ones, to be specific, kosher food was still a bit of a challenge, though. The packaged food is very easy. Like we talked to the Namibian Jewish community last week, and Mr. Nahum Gorlik was telling us that packaged food is very easy to get. It's in abundance. Fish as well, 
very easy to get it's you know there's an abundance of fish same thing in tanzania i remember mr yehuda Kalani telling me that the tanzanian jewish community has more than enough fish especially since they live near big um bodies of water even the Cote d'ivoire jewish community i was speaking to yehuda Firmin two weeks ago and he was saying they have plenty of fish the meat however the meat seems to be the problem now that being most of these communities are small they probably don't have a kosher butchery they don't have a shechet to do any of the slaughtering there and what they do is like with namibia and tanzania they get most of their kosher meat from south africa so if you're a shechet and you're listening to this yes yes that steak that you cut probably namibia right now congratulations so they don't have access to it and it's really tough it's really challenging but they do they do live off of fish they do live off of every all the other packaged food and that's really that's really nice that's really nice for the community because it's still nice to feel like you're following laws right or not laws but laws of kashrut yeah actually i will say laws it is a law and then we had communities like the house of ghana in israel speaking speaking about speaking about um similarities we had the house of israel in ghana they just noticed that they have similar practices and that's not just in Ghana that's with a lot of these communities they noticed that their practices and customs are very similar they practice Shabbat they didn't call it Shabbat they just do that we don't do anything on Saturday it's a day of resting do some more research and then they discover oh my god could we be Jewish we might just be Jewish oh my god and that's that's where it started so most of these most of these communities just gravitate to Judaism from learning and everything but then we also have the special communities not saying any any other communities more special than the other but we have communities such as the Lemba and the Tanzanian Jewish community and the Nigerian Jewish community they don't prefer the term I was going to say Igbo but I was corrected that they don't prefer the term Igbo they just prefer Nigerian Jewish community and that is what we will call them they just believe that they are Jewish by descent you know they claim that they are from the lost tribes of Israel like much like the Remba they they believe that they they believe that they are from the lost tribes of Israel however the problem now is that they are not re- recognized as Jewish by the Israeli government and for that to happen they have to convert first and therein lies the argument they say why should we convert to Judaism if we already are Jewish now this is a talk that spans decades and doesn't even show any signs of slowing down or changing. I myself am not Jewish, but I do believe that our responsibility as human beings is to accept each other and believe people for who they are. It's not our job to determine whether they're Jewish or not. Excuse me, it's not our job to determine whether they're Jewish or not. Our job is to help them and interact with them as much as we can and the best way possible. And then we have self-taught Jews like the Abayudaya community and the Beth Yosharun in Cameroon. These are self-taught Jews, people that realized, people that read the Torah and did research and found out that and gravitated towards Judaism for their own reasons one way or the other, you know? And they and they then became Jewish and some of them converted, some of them haven't converted. Most of these communities are still very small. I'm talking less than 100 people per community. Some of them don't even have official synagogues. You know, they hold practices and services inside other people's houses. The community leaders do it themselves. They don't even have rabbis. And that's the whole point of the show as well. We're trying to bring light to these people and help where we can. 
I do hope you enjoyed my little rant. That was me talking about the show for the past five minutes. Travel Pursuit is the name of the show. I hope you're enjoying it. 101.9 High FM. Do not go anywhere. We will be back straight after this. This is Tribal Pursuit with Mukundi Mudao. Venturing deep into Africa to discover the who, how and why of the beautiful people that identify as Jewish. 101.9 High FM. This is Travel Pursuit and I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao top of the morning. I hope you're not disappointed, my friend. I know that you wanted to know more about the Madagascan Jewish community. You and me both, you and me both, but technology, live radio, and time. So we will be doing that next week. We'll be talking to the Madagascan Jewish community next week. I promise, I put my hand down. I will go to Madagascar myself if I have to. (laughs) Okay, so... It's unfortunately that time of the day where I have to say my goodbyes. And I hope you enjoyed yourself. I hope you enjoyed your full hour with me. This was your first full hour with me since the first episode, since the, let me let me flex my English muscles, since the inaugural episode of Tribal Pursuit. Mm-hmm, that's right. <laughs> so I have a message from, from a friend of the show, and it's from Jenny. She says, hi, Mukundi. Please can I request a song? Yeke Yeke by Morjante, Morkante. Well, Jenny, you'll be happy to know. Message received. And just for you, we are signing out with that song. But not now. Allow me to just tell you that thank you for being with me. Thank you for spending your Wednesday morning with me. I'd like to thank Craig for pressing all the buttons. It gave me a thumbs up. Not a man of many words. And let's do this again in seven short days. I will be back with you on 101.9 High FM. The name of the show is Travel Pursuit. And I'm your dear friend Mukundi Mudao. Signing out with the late, great Morikante with Yeke Yeke. And as always... Until next time, enjoy the rest of your day.